The Run Culture podcast has always been a passion project. It was created to share stories and experiences, to educate runners and to grow the sport. Ultimately, to show that running is cool. The podcast has provided us all opportunities to listen and learn from some interesting people in the running world. Welcome to the Run Culture podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I am an all-out running fan and an accredited running coach, a marathoner myself and an experienced physiotherapist that specialises in treating runners. So, before we get right into the show, if you have enjoyed any of the previous episodes of the Run Culture podcast and they have added value to your life and you want to support the podcast going into 2021, then we have a Patreon page. It's linked to in the show notes. A small monthly donation will go a heck of a way to keeping the show alive. By doing so, you too can also feel fulfilled that you are doing your bit to promote and grow the sport. Also, for those runners interested or in need, links to my online strength and conditioning course for runners or run therapy, my physiotherapy clinic, are also in the show notes. Alas, enough from me. Here's this week's interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Run Culture Podcast. Today, I have the absolute privilege to be chatting to author and founder of the Resiliency Project, co-host of the Imperfects Podcast with Ryan Sheldon, and running training partner of Aussie 800 metre record holder, Katrina Bissett. Welcome to the show, Hugh Van Kylenberg. I think I might add officially to my bio now, training partner of Katrina Bissett. That sounds so much much cooler than author and podcast host. Training partner of Katrina Bissett. It is is definitely one of the great privileges of my life to... um, I don't even know if you can call me a training partner. I run so far behind her. I don't even know if I can be called a partner. Someone who chases Katrina Bissett around an Astrak might be a more apt description, but... uh, is, I, I'm so excited to do this podcast name because yeah. I, my biggest obsession in life by far, I mean, sorry, take my family out of this, but yeah. apart from family, running is like, I mean, I don't need to explain the obsession of running with your audience, but mate, it is, it's all I, you know, I do these you know, big talks around the country, there's huge audiences and like, yep. Adelaide's a great example, right? So um, we sold out two nights in Adelaide, 3,200 people. And just before I went on stage, I'm, I'm on my foam roller and I, I'm just doing some <laughs> foam rolling on my ITB and, I, and I'm just thinking about running. I'm just thinking, I hope my leg feels okay so I can get a quick run into run. It's, it is all I think about. It's all I want to talk about is running. So to be able to come in, a, I do that many podcasts yeah. and, so, and like I, I'm not making this up. This is the one I've looked forward to most because all I want to talk about is running. <laughs> and I've actually tried to steer. I've, I did um, Osher Ginsburg's podcast a little while ago, and I yep. tried to steer the direct. I tried to bring up running and talk about it. And I was like, oh, I run a lot. I think that's really good for mental health. And I and he goes, yeah, but okay, tell me about how the Resilience Project started. And I was like, damn it, I just want to talk about running. But not <laughs> to do it. So, but Dane, I am, long story short, I'm very excited um, to be able to talk about running with you. Oh, no, that's, that's awesome. Um... Yeah, like I, I just mentioned just before, like I went for a quick run just before this podcast just to to calm my thoughts and just to relax a little bit, um, uh, just so that I knew what to to ask you and, and talk about. Um, yeah, it's it's so it's so such a great sport in that way. Um, it offers so much. Um, yeah, psychologically um, as well, and and, and physically. Um, but yeah, I've d- I've done a bit of research, and in my research. I also saw that on the 24th of April this year, 
you became the Vic Masters 40 to 44 year old 400 meter champ running a swift 52.17 at Doncaster Aft Track. Congrats, you. Um, yeah, tell me about this experience. <laughs> well, I don't know where to start with this because that was actually a second and a half PB. Um, I should say, as I should say, it's my old man PB. I don't know what I used to run the 400 in when I was at school. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll do it this way. I'll, I'll, I'll give you my journey of, yep. I know a lot of your listeners are middle distance runners or, yep. or longer distance runners. I, I understand that. And so I hope they're not going to switch off now because I call myself probably a sprinter, more naturally a sprinter. Like when I was at school, like I, I don't know about you, but I look back on like, I remember at primary school, my favourite day of the year, two favourite days of the year was cross country and athletics carnival. Like I just, like it was the same feeling before Christmas. I couldn't sleep the night before. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And like probably all your listeners, I wanted to go in every single event, you know, like I wanted to, I'd run the 100, the 850, yeah. just everything. It's like, it's the greatest day of the year. Um, and as I got to secondary school, um, I became quite seriously involved in cricket. Well, it was like this thing, it was like cricket, football, athletics, cricket, football, athletics. And that was my you know, basketball as well. But then I, when I got to year 12, I, I had a scholarship with the, and I sound like a flog, I'm not, I'm just trying to give context to the story. I'm not trying to show off here. Yeah. I, I wasn't, I, I managed to get a scholarship for the Victorian Institute of Sport for cricket. So I was like, oh, okay, everything's cricket now. But in year 12, I remember doing athletics and thinking, I enjoy this just as much as cricket. Like I really, I did 100s and 200s. I did a few 400s I, I, and I did okay. Like I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't extraordinary, but I think I ran a couple of 10, I ran a 10.78 um, at John Landy Field down in Geelong and then I ran a 10.8 at Olympic Park the week after and and I wanted to keep doing athletics but it was like uh, cricket just sort of took over and it took over for a long time. Like I stopped playing cricket when I was 35, 36 and I played for Melbourne Uni and I would stand there my entire cricket career playing grade cricket. I'd look over my shoulder to the ass track every Saturday morning and go, geez, that looks fun. I wish I had, especially when I had figures of like, None for 74 of 10. <laughs> I'd be looking over my shoulder going, why didn't I do that? Like, that looks awesome. <laughs> Running fast is the best. And retired from cricket when I was 35, 36, I think, and had two months of nothing. And then all I could think about was athletics. I was just like, I just want to do athletics again. I really want to get into it. And I went down to the ash track and I realized I'm about six I'm about six foot and I weighed 83, 84 kilograms and I wasn't in the best nick. Uh, that's an understatement. I just, and I said to my wife, can you please time me for 400 meters? But by the way, this is coming back to your question. Okay, we're yeah, getting back to your question. Yeah. So, and she said, what, what do you want to run? And I said, oh, I, I can't remember what I ran at school, but it was probably around 52, 53, I don't really know. And she said, oh, what do you, what do you want to run now? And I said, oh, hopefully, I don't know, 55, 56 seconds. So there's warm up and my wife's standing there in the freezing cold with a stopwatch. <laughs> um, and I ran it and I ran it in a minute and nine seconds. I mean, a minute and nine seconds. I finished and she goes, I could see the look on her face. And she goes, what, uh, did you, how'd you feel you went then? And that's what people say to me after one of my talks. It doesn't go well. People go, how did you think you went? <laughs> and I said, oh, that wasn't good, was it? She said, oh, I think you might be a bit disappointed. And I said, let me guess. Is it a minute? And she went, oh, it's a minute nine. And I went, oh my, no, it was, I think it was worse than that. I think it was like a minute. That was my second one. I think it was like a minute 15. Yeah. And I remember going, oh, 
my God, what am I doing? I just, I, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to do this. This is whatever. I've lost it completely. And I was so shattered for the next couple of days. And then I regathered myself and thought, no, do you know what? I actually, this is why I need to do this. Like I'm so out of shape and I do love the feeling of running. I haven't done it a long time. And I just, I got back into it. I, I became so obsessed with the sport of 400 meter running. I tried to coach myself for a year and I looked back on what I was doing. I had no idea what to do, so I made it up, my training program. Yeah. And I was, I looked back and I realized I was training for a half marathon. <laughs> like I'm doing <laughs> 600 reps and 800 reps and like K reps. And that was like the yep. shortest distance I was doing was like 500. That was like my speed session. So I didn't yep. know what I was doing. Yeah. And, um, yep. but I ended up losing about probably, I don't know, it's about probably 10 kilograms in the next six months. And I just started to feel so happy. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, I'm running around the country telling everyone to practice gratitude, empathy, and mindfulness, and you'll be happy. But I'm like, I'm a fraud. That's not what that's not what makes me like what, what you're happy. What makes you happy is running. This is unreal. I just I just like I went out and bought all this like running kit and the apparel <laughs> and everything. Yeah. I'm like looking up there and I'm speaking all over the country. And my team is saying, Oh, where do you want to stay? You're in Perth for for um you've got a gear you're speaking at Perth in the Capital Theatre. And I'm like, I don't know, where's the nearest ass track? Put me near the nearest ass track. That's all I wanted to know. Before every talk, it became a tradition. I had to go to the ass track and do a session. And it just, I became so obsessed. And my first season, I think I ran a, my first proper season of competing in, sorry, mate, you're not even getting a word here. You can no, tell. Really no, it's good. Because um, I, I think it, it paints the picture because um, like my running journey has been very much the same. Like I think running teaches you the, principles um of resiliency um totally yeah it's a isn't it just the most sorry I'll, i will yeah. yeah we'll get to that we'll get to that i'll i'll round out this story for you because it's gone on yeah. for way too long but <laughs> i think in my first my first season i turned up to i felt like such a fish out of water i just felt so ridiculous I was like what am i doing i remember like my wife was standing there holding my son who was only two at the time and she, i was getting the blocks and for my first 400 race and she was looking at me i could see him like going what the fuck are you doing <laughs> And I felt a bit like that because in my race, I was in the 15th heat yep. and there was two guys in their 60s, a kid would have been 10. And I'm like, what am I doing? And I think I ran a minute two or a minute three. I was like, oh, well, that looked, I was proud. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm so happy that I'll, I'll give this a go. And yeah, three seasons later, I, 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 um, I yeah, ran in the Masters and I, I love like track. I just love it so much and competed us and my times are slowly coming down, slowly coming down, got down to a, I don't know, 55, I was pretty happy with that. And I thought, gosh, imagine if I could get, and I think everyone does this, but I was like, I would have killed for 55 a couple of years ago. And all of a sudden I'm going, imagine I get down to in the 54s or the, and then the Masters a couple of years ago ran a 53.6 and that was my PB for a couple of years and couldn't get below it. I'm like, well, I'm getting older, so I guess I'm getting slower. And people are going, yeah, you're just going to get slower now. <laughs> and put my name down for the Masters this year had a look at the other competitors and I was like, yeah, I think I could win it. Yep. And then this guy produced his name, Simon Glendening. And I was like, I don't know who this bloke is. Where's he come from? And I saw his PB was like, well, not his PB, but that this season best was 52 and a half. And I'm like, what? Where does this guy come from? This I was meant to win this. This is not fair. And then yep. on the day I saw him warming up and I was like, oh God, he's really fast. Look at him. He's tall and he's like strong. And uh, what, he was in lane three and I was in lane four. And I'm on the blocks and I was like, just don't let him go past you. That's your strategy. Just don't let him go past you. It's if, if, if you, and if you can beat him, not only will you win, but you'll probably also get an awesome PB. So I'm staying in front of him. I'm running the first 
fastest 200 ever run in my life to try and stay in front of him. Like he was just there the whole time. Yeah. And with, with 150 to go, he went past me. And for literally five seconds, my brain's like, you are so soft. You just let him get past. This is what you don't deserve to run a PB. And I'm like, I think every runner knows that like part of a race, no matter how long it is, maybe not hundreds and two hundreds where you're in a critic is just brutal on you. And yep. it's like literally going, you are a piece of shit. Look at you. You don't yep. deserve to. And then this other part of me was like, oh, he hasn't gone that far past you. You want this so badly. You've trained so hard for this. Yeah. And I just found something. I don't know what happened. And then I beat him by probably a couple of feet. And I wanted to do the biggest celebration of all time, but people don't celebrate winning masters. So I'm just like, <laughs> just in this really modest, like, oh, God, that was nice. And it's in my head. I'm going berserk. Yeah. Like, I am going off in my head. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And I didn't know what the time was, but I had this feeling it was faster than run before. And then... It wasn't until they, I got up on the podium and they read out the times and they said, in, in second place, Simon Glendening, and he was a lovely bloke. I met him after, he was a terrific bloke. Yeah. And they, they said, uh, 52 and a half, or uh, 52.5. And I was like, what? Yeah. You kid, it was a 52 one of that. So second and a half of my PB. So just a long answer to your, to your question. But, <laughs> but, but that is the story of my, that's the, that's the 20 year story of <laughs> 52 one. But now it's funny, like I had a week of going, I watched the race, my wife, you know, I've watched it heaps and I was like, oh, yeah. I'm so excited with this and can't wait for next season. But now I'm looking at going, I've got to get into, I've got to get to 50s. I've got to get into 50s and then I'll feel really happy with myself. It's ridiculous, isn't it? What yeah. we do to ourselves. No, it's like, like that, but that story is so, so um, like pertinent to like so many, so many of us because like I could um, like relate like so much to like we're, we're like a lot of runners i don't know i kind of liken it to we're like surfers you know chasing the perfect wave we're never content like we're always yeah, so there's always true. another wave and yeah and um you sort of start on this quest and and you just keep you know trying to improve but also that moment that you had in the race you know um we've got 100 or so to go where you've where you're faced with that sort of like oh no nah, i'm done um he's he's got me here um, like there's so many moments of that in a race where like, I, I think some of the races that I've, you know, been so proud of, um, personally, it's when I've gone, I can reflect back on the race and go, I actually, um, uh, like I didn't just give up. Like I actually, um, rose to the challenge and I was really proud of how hard I fought and, um, yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I totally agree. What, what's your, you're, you're a oh, two more, more marathon. marathon. Yeah. 222 yeah, and, and you're... marathoner. 222, is it? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Bloody hell. I mean, that is... Well, there's a couple of things on that. So that is, like, extraordinarily elite. And I feel a little bit, like, embarrassed. I'm trying to be about my 50, excited about a 52 <laughs> one in front of a 222 yeah. marathon runner. But but in that two hours and 22 minutes, then, because I have so much respect for middle distance runners along, because you brought, you've, there's so much thinking time in that. Like, yeah. with a 400, I literally had five seconds where I was aware of my negative thoughts. The rest of it, it was like this beautiful, you know, it sounds, I mean, I don't need to preface this to runners, you get it, but when you're not thinking it's the most beautiful feeling in the world when you're running, I had five seconds of it. I can only imagine in a marathon, you get long stints of like, oh, so much better at this last time I ran this, so I'm slow, this person, why is this person running past me? I should be better than this person or yep. your thoughts yep. must be, it, it must be hard to silence those thoughts while you're running. Oh yeah, yeah, there's so many ups and downs like in the race. But even in the build-up, um, and yeah, 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 it's just like there's so many times where the negative self-talk um, 
yeah, particularly in those hard moments in the race, like it's it's hard to to get on top of. Um, so you you're always just practicing. Yeah, I reckon you really are just sort of practicing focusing on the positives. Um, and in that way, like you're training your brain to get better at gratitude. Um, yeah, like I, I reckon there's some relation with with that um, and, and running. Totally. If you just keep practicing it um, and keep trying to focus on 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 some positive um, uh, thought that seems to reverberate with you, and, and then suddenly you, you feel a little bit better. Um, but it's so yeah. hard to do. Like it's so easy to say. <laughs> um, yeah. Totally. Totally. I, I totally agree. And I, I, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, everyone is listening to this has probably been running for a lot longer than I have, but I, I'm just learning, just learning all this stuff now. And I, I feel like, a, you know, as you said before, I get to train with Katrina Bissett. Um, Peter Fortune is our coach, yeah. you know, which is just, I still can't believe. I, I, at first, I was like, he's going to hate that. I'm like, he's going to go, why is this bloke here? But we just get on, he's just become like this kind of father figure to me. Like, I yeah. just, I just adore him. We've become very close. And then the other girls we're training with, you know, like Abby Delamont, um, exceptional 800-meter runner. Rochelle Kennedy, also incredible. You know, um, Ash Robin, um, you know, we were joined by um, Annie Ruby Renshaw during the season. But I feel like this, I have the same feeling I had when I was a 16, 17-year-old kid turning up to grade cricket training. And I'm seeing, you know, uh, Victorian players, Australian players are training and I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought this like school kid excitement. I've got that again now and it's so cool at age 41 to turn up for training, feeling a little bit like nervous and a bit shy and a bit like, oh my gosh, I don't think I'll be able to keep up with them today. And it's just, um, the sessions we do are just mental. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm just learning all this, like you have this, you know, you look forward to the session all day, but then you get there just before you start and you go, I don't want to do this. Uh, no, 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 I don't want to, I want to go home. And then while at the start of it, you're like, oh, what am I doing? Is I don't have to be, I don't have to do this. Like, could be on the couch eating pizza. What am I? And then you get to this point and you're like, fuck, I love this. Like, yep. I'm so proud of myself for doing this. And then you finish it and the feeling after it is like, it sounds ridiculous, but you kind of love your, not love yourself. And like, you're not like going, I'm amazing, but you have much kinder thoughts about yourself. You're just like, I'm so proud of myself for doing that. Like, and then you go home, you eat better because you feel like eating good food, you sleep better. It's just this incredible, I feel like, I mean, it's funny, I, so many people, I get so many messages with like, oh, my friend's going through this with depression or anxiety. What, what could you help them? How do we help this person with that? I'm always asked these questions. I feel like I could, I'm not talking shit here. I feel like I could solve so many people's problems by giving them a pair of runners. Yep. Just saying, just, just destroy those. Yeah. <laughs> the, next six months, you know, the next six months, I want you to wear those things out. And I'm telling you, you'll fix so many of your issues. Yeah. 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 Like the amount of times that I like, um, yeah, I've just gone for a run and, and just, um, uh, like I've just been able to, you know, solve whatever I was, you know, thinking about or worried about, yep. um, in life, like after it. Um, yeah, it's, um, like this. And I like what you're saying about this, the social aspect as well. And, um, and, and like having an amazing coach, like Peter fortune, like, sounds like what makes him such a good coach is he's so empathetic and 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 so so happy and and just like all like um so supportive of everyone in the group and and i think just being in, a, in an environment like that like a sporting environment whether it's cricket or or running or or some kind of sport where you're you know um surrounded by people like that um it's only positive as well 
Oh, it's so true. He, um, the girls adore him. Like they absolutely adore him, and they are so. And and, and like it's just an incredible relationship. But he list like he really listens to how the athletes are kind of feeling. And coming from cricket, and I played football for quite a while as well. It's like the coach smashes the athletes and. And I don't know if this is, it's just he's unique in this across athletics as well. But I remember a session we did at Olympic Park and it was like, what was it? I think it was, we did this session, which was like 300 flat out, walk for 90 seconds, 150 flat out. And there was four of those. Um, and then we were going to do four 200s to finish. And one of the girls said, it might have been me, Katrina, said, um, no, I don't want to, I can't remember who it was, but someone just said uh, that that, um, that was hard or like, no, that was hard, just something like, um, how many 200s? We got four of them. And he went, let's make them 120s. Like he just, it was just such a, like everyone was cooked. Like we'd gone so hard. Yep. And he goes, let's make them 120s. And I remember like going, oh my God, you'd never get that in cricket and football. You'd go like, did you just win it? Did you? Were well, you doing four of them? You're doing eight of them then. Like, and it's like, this, oh God, I'm sorry. It's like this fear driven, like, but it's he's just such a loving person and and um yeah i mean i it's it, yeah the, the relationship the coach of the coach I, I coached my career club for six years all at melbourne university and and uh so i'm fascinated with coaching and i i never thought i was good technically with the game but i i hoped that like it was i had a good relationship with the players and 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 i was always thinking like i actually think the role of a coach at this level and it's like pretty good. Great cricket's a pretty good level. Premier cricket's good. It was like just making better people. That's your job. Just help them become better people. That's it. And I, I still even you know well, I see we train Olympic Park and Lakeside, and I see all the elite runners. Like I see them all there training. You know the um, bowl and all these guys like at the track. And I I still think when I'm watching everything taking place, yeah, they it's their career, it's their livelihood, but I still deep down for like the role of the coach is to just help them be a better person. And because one day they're, they're only going to be your late runners till they're, I don't know, whatever age. It's a very small part of their life, really. Look at the rest of their life to live. And I yeah. think, yeah, anyway, I'm getting off topic here, but I, but I do think the role of a coach is to help them be a better person. And that's what Peter Fortune, uh, he probably doesn't even know this. He wouldn't admit it. He's so modest. Um, but I think that's what he does, helps people be better people. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, the bet. The best um, coaches or teachers that I can sort of reflect on having, um, yeah, they were more a life coach and um, more there yep. for me, like um, in in other aspects rather than just telling me what to do from a training point of view, um, rep, reps wise. Um, yeah, totally. But even what you said about just the group and and how you, you feel like you're back, you know, to how you felt with cricket when you were 16, um, and just being amongst like a, a, a real positive uh, group with like that positive sort of vibe and, and that great feeling of en that great energy. Like, I think that that's sort of what a, a running group um, can offer, offer, offer too, especially if you've got those uh, like really close um, relationships with the people that you train with, then they're sort of a sounding board where you can just tell them, you know, whatever's going on in your day. Um, and then um, they're sort of there on the journey with you and then you're on the journey with them. Um, and it's kind of, amazing to have um, people like that in your life as well and I think a lot of sports offer that and a lot of various hobbies offer that but um, I think that's um, also an aspect that I've found 
um, really um, positive in running as well? Well, I totally feel that because I trained by myself for two years and I used to love it. I'd say it's awesome. Put my headphones on, just escape music and run and just loved it. And then Katrina Bissett said to me, why don't you come and when we met up, she said, why don't you come and train with us? And I was very intimidated by that suggestion, but I got really nervous and thought I should probably do it because it's making me really nervous. But part of me was like, I'm going to miss the alone time and music and straight away, like as soon as I met everyone, I was like, oh, no, nah, this is what it's all about because it's like you're a team essentially and you're so accountable to the rest of the team and when certain sessions are suggested, I'm like, I actually can't do that. Well, there's no way I'd do that by myself. I wouldn't have the discipline. But the girls just take off and I just try and hang on really. Like, And I'm running times that I didn't think I could run and I'm, you know, the first session we did was uh, I, as a, you know, someone who, went from cricket to sort of sprinting sort of when the girls did their, they said, Oh, we're going for a warm up now. I went, no worries. And it was a 4k run around um, Albert park. And I, I was like, I haven't run four Ks in, I don't know if I can do this. So we ran, they were talking to me. They're asking me questions. They're like, Oh, how are you going? I just met him. So I'm trying to be nice. I nearly died on the warm. I remember going, this is, I'm cooked. Like honestly, cooked. then we did 10, 200s. And Fort said, oh, I'd try and get him in about 28 seconds. You get two minutes rest, we want him in 28 seconds, we'll finish with a 400. And I was like, I, I I'm not physically capable of doing this session. And and there's no way I would have done it by myself, but did it and and struggled, like really struggled. I think the last, when we did the 400, I was about, I finished about 50 metres behind Katrina, maybe 60 metres. Um, so a couple of things. I, I got in the car, I was like, oh my God, I'm so proud of myself for doing that. Yeah. But then I trained with him for three months and we did that session again at the end of the season and I was with Katrina, like we did it together. And I was like, <laughs> like because I'm training with this group, they've pushed me so hard. I've improved that much in three months. There's, if I was training by myself, I wouldn't have done that session. I wouldn't have pushed I would have, even if I was told to do it, I would have done six 200s and gone, I think that's good. I reckon I'm good. I won't do a 400. I'll do, I'll do a 300 and then oh, that feels good and good session. Me, well done. Pat myself on the back and, and go to enjoy my lunch. But because you're with a group, they push you harder, but, but you're right. That's the other thing. When you're in the warm-up, in the cool-down, whatever it is, someone will say, how's work going? And if you're having issues at work, you talk about it. Yeah. You don't bottle up. You don't go home to your partner afterwards and blow up about something because work shit. You've already sort of managed to, to talk about it with someone. And um, it's it's that's what I miss most about cricket was, um, you know, there's five teams at Melbourne. So there's 55 of us training together every Tuesday, Thursday. We're all so close. And in the warm-up and the cool-down, it's like you just see everyone's talking about their lives. Yeah. And then you go to the pub afterwards, you talk about it more. And, and I miss that. And I feel like I've um, found that again with this running group. It's like, you know, I, I for my Melbourne show, the convention centre is a big one. It's like 2,600 people. And I invited the whole running group to come along and we had beers backstage afterwards and, and um, Fort was there. And, and it was just so nice. I was like, I like I just love those girls. Like I feel very like I mean, it's weird, like a forty-one-year-old to be friends with like girls in their early twenties. That, that is granted, that's weird. Um, <laughs> I hope they kind of see me like this much older brother type figure. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I saw a photo of us running the other day, yeah. and um, I was at the back of the group, and there's like these like you know eight elite like elite runners all like pairing off, and me sort of trudging behind him. I was like, this could look creepy. <laughs> <laughs> well like I, I um like having read your book um the resiliency project and and heard you talk about um like your experiences with cricket um 
like you're obviously quite good with cricket and had big dreams um uh you know to one day sort of you know be a really you know good sort of pace bowler um potentially for australia um you went over to the uk and um it sounds like you you soon soon um realized that um there was so much more to um cricket and and the happiness that it brought to your life in that like it wasn't totally all about the success that you had um i think yeah. a lot of runners fall into the trap that um you know if they don't have a good run or they don't sort of reach their performance um uh they're not happy um mm. and and i and i think um i was listening to your podcast the imperfects with ryan sheldon and he really opened up on his particular episode where he talked about his career and how his happiness he thought he'd be a happier person if he he um owned, had his own tv show on on a network um, television program um but then he's sort of soon come to the realization that you know his main value in life is just to to make people laugh and and it doesn't matter how he does it um uh yeah i think um yeah this this kind of topic is is a, a good topic to chat about because um, a lot of runners do lose sight of why they run i think and they and they think that everything's all about performance um but i feel like it's the package that it's wrapped in and um your training group and and the process the ups and downs you learn a lot um and uh yeah i think i think the way that running teaches you um sort of the pillars of of what you you um uh preach with um the resiliency project how it, it teaches you gratitude it teaches you empathy and it teaches oh, well you, you definitely practice mindfulness as well um mm. yeah so i yeah like i was wondering what your thoughts were um on that yeah it's um i've actually chatted about so and there's another guy i train with a lot and uh, in fact become very close to katrina um as well is kevin Rassour. i don't even know kevin Rassour. he's a 400 meter runner who um 46 and a half pb so like seriously, seriously quick. He, he, um, he ran, he's had issues with chronic fatigue for the last eight years of his life. And, and you kind of look at the way he runs and you, he's really up and really positive about it all his whole experience with it. But I do feel like if it wasn't for chronic fatigue, we would, everyone would know Kevin Russell. He, he finished in the, he made the finals of the nationals, uh, the Australian championships this year, made the finals and, and, um, it just, I think he ran a 47 and a half maybe. And, and obviously that didn't get him in the tie. I think he didn't get him a, a place, but he hasn't been able to train properly for ages. And he's had this incredible journey with his sort of mental health. And I mean, it's, he'd be an amazing person to chat to on your podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, because he right now is going through this whole thing of like, do you know what? I'm 29 years old or 28, 28 I don't want to get that wrong, 20 or 29, but he's like, he's had this incredible He's, it's, it's the most he's enjoyed it. I think he was going to retire a while ago. He said, no, I'll keep going. I want to try and get to Tokyo and has trained this whole year to get to Tokyo. Hasn't quite planned out the way he wanted it to because it's just so hard for him to train chronic fatigue. Like I'll see the sessions he does and he'll do two, three hundreds, you know, with a massive rest in between, goes flat out, runs him in a ridiculous time. Then he's going to go home and sleep. You know, like he's going to have a nap in the afternoon for, to manage his chronic fatigue. And then he's got to, um, make sure he's in bed by 8.30. I'll be messaging him at 8.30 at night or 9 o'clock. He's like, sorry, mate, I'm going to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Which always makes me giggle. But um, <laughs> he's like, well, I, 
I feel like I should probably retire now, but I loved running so much last year. Like I loved competition, which made me so happy. He was involved in an epic finish at the state relay championships last year where him and I think it's Will, I don't want to get his name wrong, I think it's Will Hay. No. Anyway, I know his name's Will. It's this extraordinary video. I've watched it that many times of like four by fours have some incredible finishes. Um, but he said, I, I love, I just love last season so much. And it was the joy of running, I think. He just, there was the joy of running. But then he's like, well, but I'm doing it to be elite. And if I'm not going to be elite, do I want to do that? And so as soon as you ask that question, as soon as I talking about that, about the joy that running brings, I remember one, my, my, my first race this year in my head, I was like, oh, I hope, I'm hoping for a 50, low 53. Yep. Had a good pre-season. I'm feeling good. And I ran a 56. Kevin was there, actually. Kevin Russell's there. And afterwards, he went, he came to watch. It's so lovely. He goes, what do you reckon? And I said, I don't know. Because the times don't come out straight away. And I said, I don't know. It could be good. And he went, yeah. I could tell he didn't think it was that far. <laughs> and, he goes, he goes, and he goes, yeah, I think it was okay. Certain parts looked okay. Um, we'll see. And it was 56 and a half. And I was shattered. Like, I was, I was like, what, you're kidding me. I've done all this preseason and I've got like, I've lost three seconds. How's that possible? Um, and I didn't know much about racing then, but it takes a whole season to get your times quicker and quicker as you work on speed. But I don't really know that. I was pretty flat. And then Kevin's like, mate, like, how cool is it? You got to race today. And it's nice weather. And I was like, you're doing gratitude stuff on me. Um, <laughs> and then he left and I kind of sat there and I got a text message from a mate of mine who I went to school with, who's my age. So this is when we we're 40. He's like, hey, mate, I'm at whatever pub, just having a few beers if you want to join me. And I was like, no, do you know what? Like, I'm 40 and I'm racing. Like, I'm racing 400 metres. I'm the fittest I've ever been because of it. I'm sitting outside. I'm not at a pub having a beer. Like, this is a huge win. Like, what a huge... I've spent the hot... Like, yeah, it's not the time I wanted, but who cares? Like, I mean, I do care a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but just the journey of it. Like, you know, it's like the... When I look back on it, yeah, I get incredible highs when I race well. But last year, I probably had... I raced probably 15 times and I had three good races, three times. That's like cricket, you know, like that's very familiar to cricket where as a batsman, you might have three big scores for the year. You spend your whole year training for three, but then you look back on it and go, now, nah, do you know what I enjoyed the most? It was that training session when we did that, or it was this, it was this run where I did this, or it was the feeling I had after that training session. It's lying on the track afterwards, like you can't move for five minutes, but you couldn't be happier. Yeah. They're the things we, as runners, I was nearly said we. I feel like I can't really conclude myself as a runner, <laughs> but like, but they're the things we got to like. It's they're the things you got to enjoy. And yeah, Katrina Bissett is fascinating to talk to about this stuff. Like she's her journey and her through running is just incredible. And we, she's over in Europe right now. She's got a race coming up in a couple of days, and and I think she's hoping to potentially PB. I mean, she's I've never seen her look this fit before. Uh, she's ready. Like I'm telling you, she's Tokyo. Yep. Like she's ready, um, awesome. and she this season has been fascinating for her because she's had to, you know, I think she ran a one fifty nine one of the races, um, but she's had to, she's pretty much run the races by herself. She's gone out in front, uh, and if you watch if you watch her racing, you'll see that she like takes off, and everyone, and at a ridiculous pace. She's running fifty seven fifty eight splits, a split for the first, and then she kind of puts her foot on the brake, and this is like pile up behind her, like. And she just kind of chills out for a little bit. She's still in front. She chills out and there's a big pile up behind her. Everyone is going, well, shit, what's happening? And then with about 200 to go, she'll take off again. But she's had to run her own race this whole season, last couple of seasons. But then 
she's now going to be running against in Europe. She's going to be running against girls who who will probably be running running similar times. So yep. I'm fascinated to see what she can do when it's not up to her to dictate yeah. what happens. Um, we can she can sit back and kind of just sit on someone else's heels and then let someone else do the hard work. So I, I am very excited to see what Katrina does. She, I mean, she's just one of the best people. Her and Kevin are just two of the best people I've met. And that's what running does. It connects yeah. you with really great people that, yeah. you know, I, why, like how I've developed this friendship with this 26-year-old and 29-year-old. <laughs> you know, it's wonderful. I, I just love it. And I think everyone listening will, will be able to think about a person or a couple of people that I've connected with through running that have had an enormously positive impact on your life. I reckon, and just... This is going back into resilience project stuff, but yep. find a way to let him know. Like seriously, find a way to let him know that you are so grateful for the relationship that you've developed through running and, and the impact they've had on your life. And and you know, I, I send a message. We've got this WhatsApp group um, with Kevin and <laughs> we've yeah. got a WhatsApp group with Kevin and Katrina. It's called the group's called Big Hamstring Energy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I sent I sent him a message the other day. I'd had a really tough day with just the kids were a bit out of control and yeah. I sent a message to Hayden for letting you too. No, I love you both so much. Yeah. And like, I don't know. And then they're like, yeah, I love you too. And like, yeah. like you're yeah. right. What's, what's going on? But <laughs> that was kind of, I just wanted to thank him for, I don't know. It's a, you, you, like you're running friendships. They're really special. They yeah. really are. Because you're up, you share this connection that, you know, like, I'm, I'm just thinking right now, yeah. my, my whole team are in the office next door and then there's yeah. a studio next yeah. door. I'm just picturing them listening going, oh my God, he's lost it. <laughs> he's lost it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, no, I'm I'm exactly the same with my own running career. Like, um, like having done it for like twenty twenty five years, like my performance of performances of like it's been harder and harder to get a PB, and um, and now I'm thirty five, and the last two years I've started to do more coaching. So I'm coaching a group down this way, um, ten ten sort of uh, young sort of up and coming distance runners. Um, just I know of, that. I, I'm yeah. very aware of that. I listen to your podcast. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, it's been an absolute ball. Um, like I get as, as much joy out of um, just um, going to training and and hearing just how positive and optimistic they are and their big dreams and their goals and and then just you know sharing just the the day to day like training um, banter and um, and what happens at training and the laughs. Um, and just just being involved with their quest or their journey as well, like it it's funny how like, you just get the same like um, uh, yeah feeling of joy um, as as well as I always yeah initially when I started out my running career I just thought it was was um, yeah getting getting better and, and getting faster yourself and and that does make you feel better uh, or feel good as well for sure but it's more than that um, it's um, yeah. Uh, yeah, those relationships and um, totally. yeah, I've got totally. I've got a pretty good um, Facebook group as well with those guys and um, you know every day you know there's activity in that group and um, yeah so it, yeah it's um, no nah, I think a lot of runners will be um, nodding to this um, convo so yeah share exactly oh, awesome. the same thoughts um, yeah but for for that for some of the um, our listeners that um, probably are a little bit more unaware of your work. Um, like I reckon most people would be, but um, like in terms of um, like the, the uh, you probably get sick of um, talking about it, Hugh. Um, but in terms of the three main pillars of um, that you feel like um, uh, instill greater resiliency um, amongst people, um, I'd love to hear like 
um, yeah, what they are and, and then why you feel yeah. like they're important. Um, uh, cause like just, um, yeah, looking on your website and, uh, uh, yeah, just, just reading that, um, you know, in Australia, we're seven times more likely to notice negative emotion than positive emotion like that. That's, that's a stat that blows, blows me away. Um, and, uh, I, I, in 2014, I, I spent seven weeks in Kenya. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I, I wanted to see why wow. they were so good at running, like what their secret was. Um, so like for two years I saved up all my annual leave and I just used it in just one big whack and, and went to Kenya and really immersed myself in the Kenyan culture. Um, like the experience just blew me away. Like I'd recommend it to anyone, um, who lives in the Western world. Uh, like it opened my eyes to how privileged we are here. And I certainly came back, um, with such an improved perspective on life. Um, yet it's so easy to slip back into the bubble here. Um, in 2008, you volunteered you um, as a teacher in North India for six, six months, and like, how did that experience shape what you do today? Um, yeah, with the resiliency yeah. project. Have you read just quickly? Have you read Running with the Kenyans? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I just finished it the other day. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, I um, read that before I went. Yeah, right. And did did it align with your observations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And like, so when I was over there, um, they were just, uh, like, I remember getting stuck in a traffic jam, uh, cause the roads are so bad over there. Um, and there was this, there was a, a semi trailer that had flipped. Um, so we were in this, um, traffic jam for about two hours. And I just remember seeing the drivers of the, of the, it was called a Matatu, which is like a, it's a Swahili for a bus. And we were just in the in the bus and the driver was sitting back with his legs crossed perched on the dashboard hands behind his head just <laughs> laughing with the other driver next to it next to him and and it was just completely at odds to what i'd ex what you'd experience back here like everyone oh, else would be yelling and and frustrated oh, and yeah just oh, um yeah it, they were just so relaxed and they in terms of yeah i mean you would have yeah, they just, they didn't have any, they were, the economy was really different there. And, um, some of, some of the, um, uh, Kenyans that I saw, like, um, uh, they didn't have, uh, they just lived in a hut, um, with next to nothing. And, but they were just some of the nicest, happiest, um, smiley, helpful people that you'd meet. Yeah. Well, you've pretty much summarized my experience really yeah. in India. Like I, I, um, yeah, I mean, oh, sorry, just before I forget, the other book I've just finished, which I love, is Ralph Dubell's book. Um, uh, and so Ralph Dubell is, I think I'm right in saying he's the last male to win a gold medal on the track in Australian, uh, yeah. Yep. Um, and so it's just his, that's a, yeah, I, I just loved it. So that's another running it. book if people are interested. Oh, so, I, haven't, I haven't read it. I mean, my, my, it's not, I just stay up way too late watching YouTube videos of, from sprint coaches and running coaches. And then, then I go to bed and read more about running. And, and my wife's like, I've got so many shoes now as well, just amassing shoes everywhere. She's like, we need to, she goes, can we get rid of those? If you're not, I'm like, no, I, she goes, but you don't, you don't wear them anymore. And I'm like, no, but I, they tell a story. Just, I don't want to get rid of them. She's like, well, where are we going to put them? Like, I, I don't know, but we're not getting rid of those shoes. And I've got my shoes lined up in this like perfect order of like <laughs> when I started sprinting again till I've got all my spikes at the top shelf and my running shoes down the like <laughs> just so obsessive with all. But anyway. Um, I've got the same problem. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it is a running thing. Like 
you can't get rid of shoes that you ran in for like six months and they're just a part of your running story or like yeah yeah i don't know yeah I, i've developed this like um you know hagland deformity on the back oh, yeah. of your um, yeah yeah so yep. i've got that yeah um and i look at the shoes i used to wear like when i started sprinting i was like well no no wonder i do they pretty much went into my heel it's like <laughs> And then Nike, then Nike come out with the dragonfly, like with this hole in the back. I can literally poke the deformity <laughs> of my heel through the, through the hole. I was like, have they made these for me? This is amazing. Um, apparently, I got told a story. I don't know how true this is. Well, I got told it by Rob Elders, the head of running at um, Nike. So I'm sure it's true. Yeah. He said that um, when Nike came out, when Nike took that hole out, for those of you who know the dragonfly or the Matombo or that yep. running shoe, there's a hole in the back. And I always, I genuinely thought it was for people who had like a bump on the heel like I do or to relieve pressure on the heel. I was like, that's so thoughtful of them. <laughs> they, so, but apparently it was just about taking weight out of the shoe. That was all it was, just give you weight out of the shoe. And so, and they, they, they gave them to the Kenyans and said, can you trial those out? What do you reckon? And they said, yeah, we love them. Call them Matombos or, or, or Matumbos. Yep. And Nike didn't ask why. They're like, oh, cool. That's a cool name. Yeah, done. Yeah. And then apparently the translation to Matombo is goat's asshole. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's it reminds classic. them of, this hole in the back. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Nike are like, yeah, cool. We'll call it that. And then they <laughs> I think Rob told me that. It was someone from Nike told me that story. And I just, I was like, I'm wearing shoes called goat's assholes. But now I've got it for dragonflies. I actually purchased... um. I bought online three pairs of um, – oh, I got given them actually. I was very yeah. lucky. I, I I don't know, like Nike, a very strange decision to look after a 41-year-old, yeah. 52, 100, but I got to send a couple of pairs of these dragon flies um, because I'm so scared they're going to go out of production. Like Nike will turn over there and I, I, they're the perfect shoe for me. They're the yeah. perfect shoe. And everyone knows what it – anyway, I'm, I'm not answering your question, sorry. No, that's good. Um, um, so, yeah, I lived in India in 2008 and I just discovered the happiest people I've ever met. And, and what I found was that every single day they practice gratitude, they practice empathy, and they practice mindfulness. And I, and I, I, it's funny, like you've been linking it to running all the way through this chat. And it's, they have enormous, in everything we do, the more grateful we are, the more empathetic or kind we are, and the more present we are, the happier we're going to be. I mean, I don't think it's, it's not, you know, brain surgery oh, i actually presented how's this i actually presented this to a group of brain surgeons the other day literally oh, really? like it was like quite intimidating um but yeah. it was funny like one of them said mate we've been saying this for years like well what with what we know about the brain if you want to feel happier you've got to be better at paying attention to the good stuff because we're surrounded by it. we're surrounded by good stuff every single day you know we go for a run and we can't help but think about a niggle we've got like, i can't help but think about the niggle in my heel I look around, I'm running through like along the Yarra River in Melbourne and like the sun's bursting through and it's like middle of the day and I get to go for a run and like it's just, you know, the the sun going to the river and then the smell of the trees, the fresh air and, you know, I've been running for this long. It's like I'm doing base stuff now, so I'm doing longer stuff, which I, to be honest, I don't enjoy much <laughs> running, but I'm just going, you know, you run past another runner, you, do, you both do, um, you do this look of like, I call it no lips. Like you both kind of go, this is not good medium for like a <laughs> yeah, podcast, but you just kind of like go, you just nod yeah, and like you kind of nod. make your lips disappear. Like, you, yeah, no lips kind of face at them. Like, just like, I respect what you're doing. You respect what I'm doing. We'd probably be friends if we knew each other, but we don't have time to chat. <laughs> We're running past each other. All those moments, you know, there's so many great moments of running or that feeling where you go, I've just run 
like five Ks and I've done them in whatever you do it in, whatever's good for you. Maybe it's five and a half minute Ks. You know, my wife is getting back into running and yep. she said, yeah, I did I did four Ks and I did it in five and a half minutes the other day. And I was like, she was so happy with it. And I was like, oh, that makes me so happy. And those moments you have every run where you go, Listen, look at me, look what I've just done here. Or, or if you listen to music and you just, this song comes on, you just absolutely love and you're like, you just feel so good. You're running and you're listening to music and yeah. Like gratitude, like yeah. rather than yeah. oh my heel hurts or it's a bit wet over a few puddles today or it's a bit cold today or it's too hot today or now you're out running and that's a win. Yeah, like that is a yeah. win. I, there's a there was a guy who worked in a, in India. There was this man who worked in a little village. Um, it was like a hut. Yeah, and his job yeah. was to sell. He would sell um, very basic stuff and he would sit there and his legs were completely. I don't know what happened to him. I guess it happened at birth, but completely crippled. You know, he was like. I don't know if you can say it anymore. He was, he was, well, I'll put it this way. If he was in Australia, he'd be in a wheelchair and he would be have access to all the healthcare stuff, but he can't afford a wheelchair. There's no healthcare for him. So he sits by the side of the road. His legs don't work um, and they look really badly infected. Um, you know, so many people don't can't get out and go for a run. By the fact you can get up and go for a run, you're winning in so many areas of your life already. So we've got to get better at paying attention to that. The empathy side of things, um, how does it relate to running? I was at um, a meet, um, when was it? It was uh, two years ago, and I, I did my, I, I, I took off. And you might have heard this story in the podcast, but I took off oh, and yeah, I felt yeah. twinge with my hammy. I was like, oh, my hammy doesn't feel good, but Dad was there watching, and Dad never <laughs> comes to watch. I was like, oh, I can't stop. Dad's here. Like, I don't want to. He's come all the way to watch me run. Um, that's an insecurity you get from being a cricketer. Like, as cricketers, you just always want to know if your dad's there watching, and you pretend you don't care, but you're like. Oh God, Dad's here! Don't get out! Don't get out! And you nick one and go. Oh for fuck's sake! Dad's been all the off, mate. Too. Anyway, um, so Dad was there, so I kept running, and then with a hundred to go, my hamstring tore, and it was like, and I stopped. And I, I reckon, I had two or three people run up to me, complete strangers. Like you could see them just going, "Oh, poor bloke!" Like first they're probably thinking he's probably too old to be doing this, but <laughs> and they come straight over to me. Like I got two people I've never met before, like sort of like helping me get off the track. Then this other person comes up to me and says, oh, there's St. John's Ambulance people there. We'll get them to come to you. And I was like, no, no, it's okay. I'll, I'll make my way across. I'm like, no, no, don't be silly. I reckon by the time I'd got to St. John's people to like, I don't know what they were going to do with the torn hamstring, to be honest. But, um, uh, I reckon I'd chat a chat to seven or eight people who'd come across and said, hope you're okay. And it's just, you, you'll be back. You'll be back. And and I I just felt so good. Like I just felt so much love from complete strangers. Like That's empathy. You feel what someone else feels and you act on it. Yep. And then there's mindfulness, which is the ability to be wherever you are. And with running, there are times you'll know where for the first, let's say you go out for a half an hour run. I feel like for me, this is how a half an hour run looks. I get to my run. Part of me is like, I don't want to do this. I can't be bothered. My knees are sore today. My hammy's a bit sore. There's my heel. I don't know. I'm not feeling the first five minutes. And then you're worrying about the stuff at work. I've got this problem at work. I've got this issue at work. Or this is going wrong in my relationship. Or my kids are this, whatever it is. And then you get to this point where those worries kind of leave you and it's like they're just gone and you're paying attention to what you can hear, the birds you can hear, you pay attention to the sun going breaking through the trees, you can hear your footsteps and you start to pay attention to your footsteps and then you pay attention to your breathing. And you might get this 10 or 15 minutes where there's nothing else happening. Yeah. You're not yeah. you're not even really thinking, it's just you just it's just happening and you get into this rhythm. Yeah. And that's being that's mindfulness to me. It's when it's when you are wherever you are. And I find for me, the last five minutes of a run, the worries that I had, all the problems I had, all of a sudden, I've just they've either 
diminished in importance. I go, that, they're actually not that important. <laughs> it's not that big a problem. Yeah. Or magically, I've just solved them without even thinking about it. I just go, I'll just do this. Yeah, solved. Yeah. So mindfulness is the ability to be wherever you are. And, and I think that's what running is. Like when, when, you, when you're in a good run, yeah. I think that's why, to me, that's why I, I feel like I could solve all the all the experts are saying we need to be more mindful to be happy. Well, that's why I'm saying get a pair of running shoes, put them on, and fucking run, and you watch what will happen to you. Yeah. Wear out a pair of shoes and come back to me, and uh, and you talk about your mental health. I guarantee you'll be in a much better place. That is until you start to get to the really elite point, and then all of a sudden it becomes like <laughs> a really stressful thing of like oh, yeah. you know Katrina Bissett's Katrina Bissett's journey of like yep started when she was 22 for her mental health was so good for her and then she broke two minutes and then she broke the Australian record for 800 and all of a sudden it went the other way again. The, yeah. the, you know, the demon of expectation can yeah. start to destroy us a little bit. But when you get to this last little patch where you're like, I'm running because I love running, which is where Katrina is again. Yeah. I yeah. know I'm banging on about it a lot, but I'm very passionate about it. <laughs> no, no, that, that's, um, like, I, I get that. Like, I reckon I've been, like, really close to that sort of, like, I get into that, like, flow state where you're just suddenly calm and relaxed in a run. But then suddenly you're looking at your watch and um, you're like, oh, you get you get a bit obsessed by like, oh, you know, oh, I better go a little bit faster. It's not not looking too good. Um, and you you worry about what it looks like on Strava. Um, and then suddenly like it's not not that calming or it's not you're not mindful. You're you're stressing about um, other other stuff. So it's easy to go the other way. Um, uh, uh, yeah, if you yeah, you just got to I think got to be then you're not practicing that mindful running. Um, um, yeah. You're thinking about it. You're overthinking it. Yeah. To- totally. I-, I actually heard you discussing this. Maybe the chat you had with Tyson Pobblestone, I think it was. Oh, maybe yeah. discussing, I think maybe how Stuart McSweeney couldn't tell you on his recovery run what his K's are because he doesn't take his garment yeah. with him or he doesn't. Yeah. Um, sprinters, the garment's not as... No, it is. That's not true. It is a... So, so first of all, I want to talk about Strava because I, yeah. I have a real problem with I have a real problem with Strava because uh, for me, it, I mean, look, for some people it keeps them accountable. Yep. And they go, I've got to do this because people have seen this. But to me, it really heightens compare and despair. To me, it really. I, I was on Strava for a week. Yeah. And I went, oh no, I'm getting off this. This is shit. This is like being on Instagram. Yeah. This is looking at other people and go. I, I had a. I, my first run I put up on Strava before I deleted it was, it was my recovery run, right? It was just like I ran, I raced on the Saturday and on Sunday I was like, I'm going to go for a 6K run and just be a nice relaxed run. I think I did it in like, I think I did five minute Ks. And I was told by Ford, like he said, well, anywhere between five or six minute Ks. It's not how fast you go. And by the end of it, I was like, oh, it's five minute. People are going to see I've done it in five. People yeah. are going to think that, oh, I need, to, I need to get quicker. So I tried to do the last K lot quicker. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, I won't put it up. People think, no, nah, but that's, I'll, I'll put it as a title recovery run and then I'll say nice easy run and I was like no hang on what the fuck am I doing like <laughs> I don't, why am I justifying what I'm doing to complete strangers and I noticed I started to get quite a following quite people started just following quite quickly and I was like no 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 I'm not doing this to impress other people like I'm not doing this to show off to people and I could see that's the way it was the way it was heading yep. and then I was looking at a couple of mates who were running these really fast times going shit like I'm not that fast like I want to be but then I know they're a middle distance runner. So I'm like, and then I'm going, hang on, I don't like this. This is not making me feel good. Yep. If Strava is not making you feel good, get the fuck off it. I don't know if I can swear in this podcast, but I feel That's very passionate fine. about this. 
if, if Strava doesn't make you feel good, get rid of it. I mean, it's the same for Instagram, but people, uh, we're so addicted to Instagram, it's ridiculous. And I, I'm fighting that battle at the moment. But yeah. I could tell straight away Strava wasn't going to make me feel good. And I also realized that my Garmin, it's, it's been amazing for so many things. Like for me, resting heart rate is a real measure of how I'm going in my life. So I will check. I was like, oh, geez, last night wasn't a good one. But um, <laughs> how's that happen? So my resting heart rate at the moment is 55. And when I started running, it was 67, 68 before I started running. Yep. And it's got down to 55. When I'm racing, it's down to about 51, 50, 51. And last night it was um, 60. Don't know what happened last night, but um, <laughs> that's all right. Um, uh, but for me, I mean, even that, I thought I had a good night's sleep last night. I should be content with that. But now I'm looking at, and I thought it was, but now I'm looking at my watch going, oh, my resting heart rate's not good. Maybe I was, I don't know, Garmin's, it's an interesting relationship. I love it for training when I'm doing speed stuff. You know, when I'm doing my, when I'm doing my 300 reps, I want to be around 40 seconds. That's where I want to be. And it's great for that. But the second I start using it to compare to other people, that's not what it's, it's yep. no good. And that's why Strava's addictive because we're addicted to comparing ourselves to other people. So when, when I heard you or Tyson say Stuart Maswini doesn't, I, I love that because I think people need to listen. I mean, he's the, yeah. one of the greatest that we'll ever know. Yeah. And he's, how old is he? Like, well, I don't know how old he is. I think he'd be late 20s, like maybe 27 now. Yeah. yeah. So I trained yeah. with Claudia, his, his, his girlfriend, who's oh, yeah. a legend. She's an absolute, I should have mentioned her at the top as well. She's an absolute legend. Um, for someone to work that out at that age, that this is not good for me, I'm not going to do it. Someone who could be very easily just showing off to the world going, look yeah. at my recovery run. I, I run yeah. you know, like 15Ks in four-minute Ks. Yeah. But he's like, no, not good for me. He's, he doesn't do it. I, I, I think there's less than that. And while I'm mentioning Tyson, I need to yeah. – I was having lunch one day at um, – yeah. I was in South Dark. I can't remember what Cafe's called. And Tyson came up to me and introduced himself and I'd chatted yeah. to him before through, for another reason. And then um, I went to leave and the lady goes, oh, that guy bought you lunch for you. Oh, wow. lunch. So Tyson came and bought me lunch. Like really? to talk about empathy, like act of yeah. kindness. Yeah. So I haven't ever thanked him for, for that properly. I don't know if he listens to this, yeah. this interview, <laughs> but if you are listening, mate, thank you so much. You're, you're, you're <laughs> very, very extremely nice of you. And I, I, yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah, like um, that, that's unreal. And that that's yeah, that practicing that kindness and empathy. Um, yeah, then and there. Yeah, um, but yeah. I've noticed that as a physio, like when I treat, um, uh, yeah, a, pa a patient. Um, this is a, not not talking about Strava, but um, what you're talking about before um, about just noticing the positives around you. Um, like um, you know, when you you've got a sore Achilles, you just keep testing it twenty times a day because um, you're worried about it. Um, uh, but yeah, some of the um, best outcomes I've had, um, you almost know that you're going to get a, a good outcome with a patient that comes in and they're really focusing on the positives and they're optimistic and you can just tell that that's just sort of um, just almost like a uh, an innate sort of automatic sort of go-to for them um, and uh, they just seem to keep trying to make every post a winner. Um, yeah, there's definitely a real, real correlation I've found um, over the last sort of 10 years um, treating, treating patients, you can see, see that that's a really good quality to have when you're trying to get over a hurdle or an, an obstacle in your running career. There's a lot in that. There's so much to be said for that. My physio is a guy called Andrew Wallace who, uh, do you know Andrew Wallace? Yeah, yeah, for St Kilda. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's funny. Every time I mention Andrew Wallace to a physio, they go, "Oh my gosh, Andrew Wallace!" Yeah, yeah he's like, <laughs> he's a he's a he's a bit of a god. Uh, I, I have no shit. One day I walked in to see him on crutches, 
and I literally ran out of it. Oh, really? <laughs> I, yeah, he goes, oh, a couple of mates of mine were physios that said, it looks like you've um, nicked your Achilles, you've probably torn your Achilles or your calf there. And when saw him, he goes, yeah, I get why they said that. I just read about this case in the NFL um, that happened like 14 years ago where someone's solace had got trapped, the nerve had got trapped under the solace. And let me just see if I can free it up for you. And I was like, mate, I can't even walk. Like, he said, just give us a crack at it. I need 20 minutes on it. He said, oh, can you just see if you can jog for me? And I said, jog? I can't even walk. He said, just give it a go. And I literally just ran out the door. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. But he he said to me, hey, so just to back up your point, there's yeah. a lot to your attitude. Um, I think I, I'm well, well out of my depth here talking about this, but your mental approach to um, anything in life, but, but injuries is one of them, you know. Um, yeah. oh, I've got a hammy, I'll be out for three weeks, but gosh, what an opportunity this is because I need to do some work on my core. And I'm always, I'm always like preferring to go for a run over to do core. I'm going to go, this three weeks, it's going to be, I'm going to call it core mayhem and I'm just going to go berserk on my core. And but when I get back running again, how much better will I be because I've done three weeks on my core yeah. or whatever it is. Like that, that kind of attitude yeah. absolutely is going to aid a quicker recovery. I got no doubt. Yeah, yeah. No. Adam, um, at, at the guy, so Adam Trelaw, who's played for Collingwood, now plays for the Bulldogs. Yeah. I, I, when I was playing cricket, my whole hamstring came off the bone. So I was sliding to stop a ball and the whole hamstring, the, the, the tendon um, came off and I'd yeah. never, ever known pain like it. And I couldn't run. I couldn't, I remember 12 weeks later, I was doing slow, I had surgery. 12 weeks after the surgery, no, it was more than that. So 16 weeks after the surgery, I was doing very slow very slow strides. I wouldn't even, I was barely, I was about, you know when you see really old, really old masters athletes and they're walking but their arms are like doing oh, yeah. sprinting. <laughs> it was that. I was, <laughs> I was doing that if I'm being honest. Um, Adam Trelaw did the same injury and he said to me, oh, I'll be playing in 10 weeks. I'll be back in 10 weeks. And I said, good mate, good luck. I was yeah. 16 weeks and I, I was doing old man running. And he yeah. goes, you watch, you watch. And he goes, and everything else, I'm going to work on everything else. I get a good rest mentally from the game, which is going to be awesome. Can't wait. And I'll be back. Sure enough, he played in a final 10 weeks later. I'm watching going, how's this physically possible? And I spoke to Andrew Wallace about it. And he's like, mate, it's amazing what attitude can do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see it um, all the time. Um, yeah. Um, uh, Hugh, like I'm, I'm mindful of the time and like I'm so wrapped with like, um, yeah, yeah, the chat today and um, – yeah, like I've loved everything that you've said because, um, um, yeah, definitely couldn't have said it like this myself um, in terms of um, how how running relates so well to to um, getting through a time like this, especially for anyone from Melbourne, um, you know, just getting through to an end of another lockdown and um, where practising resiliency um, uh, is a really good quality to have. So um, it's a good reminder um, uh, of, of, of some principles that, um, yeah, uh, you should, should be sort of, um, yeah, trying to be aware of and, and, um, uh, and, uh, yeah, and how running can relate to it, um, if you, if you can run, but, um, you know, if you, if you, if you're struggling to run at the moment, then, um, you know, even just working on other, other areas, um, uh, um, to, to improve your resiliency too. Totally. Like I, I it's, it's, um, Honestly, like, could talk about this forever. Just, which I think probably will, people, everyone will know by now. But like, <laughs> the this whole for people in Melbourne, like, 
Now, down at Collingwood Ash Track, where I train majority of the time, I'm so it's just packed with people. And I chat to a couple of sprinters who there, sprinters are there who hate it. And they're like, oh, it's ridiculous. There's people everywhere. And you know what sprinters are like with the track? They're like they're so protective and so angry. And <laughs> I got, there's this guy who told me the other day that that dad came down with his two kids and he just left the bike on the track and then the kids are running around. He goes, oh, mate, I just gave him the biggest spray. And I was like, just like, I understand it's frustrating, but like they don't know track etiquette. Just yeah. calm down. Like it's not, you just, anyway, uh, sprinters take it, the, the, the track very, very which, which I understand. Um, but I'm seeing people running who clearly haven't done it before properly. And uh, it's just great. It's just so good to see other people experiencing the joys of running and just the people out there. I was Collingwood Ash Track the other day. I went down there for a session and Darcy Vessio was training there, Carlton Football Club. She was she was running. She was doing running on the track and she would usually be at another facility doing her training and had a quick chat to her. And then later on, I see Elise Perry, the Australian, the greatest female cricketer of all time. Yeah. She's down there doing a speed session, chatting to her. I did a bit of work with her. No, I didn't do a bit of work. I did a presentation for the Australian girls before their World Cup campaign and had a great chat to her and we're talking about running and then there's this there's this group of um there's a sprint group i think they're called i think it's mad i think um oh yeah mad squad melbourne athletic development i think so yeah um hannah basic's a part of that group uh mick romnan's a part of that group and um uh sammy i forgot her surname sammy she just started sprinting again she was a world like freak as a as an underage athlete Yep. Um, dating Connor, I've forgotten his surname, uh, the 400-meter hurdler, but just chatting to all these people about these amazing conversations we're having uh, the, and the, the connecting thing is running. Yeah. And I kind of love that as a runner, you can kind of talk to anyone and, and you're away. You know, like I, I'm yep. doing these longer sessions at the moment at, at the TAM, just doing sort of 1K reps to try and get my base stuff up. And, and there's no one you can't... You know, at the start of the TAM, if you're wearing running shoes and your own shoes. There's no one you can't talk to. Like, just yeah. like, oh, what did you do today? What was the session? And yeah. I think we all like that. I think as yeah. human beings, we're born to connect. We're born to chat to people. But there's this weird thing of like, you can't just go up to someone and go, what's, uh, what's on for your day? What are you up to? Like, people go, sorry, <laughs> what, the, what the fuck are you talking to me for? Yeah. But when you both, but when there's an excuse like running, it, it breaks down that like social barrier of like, and you can just go, goes to session. Yeah, good, did this today. And, and you're away. And I, yeah. and I, and I think that's one of the great things about running. Um, yeah. And I know you tried to wind me up before, but I'm off on a tangent again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh no. Um, like that, yeah, that, that's so so true. Like it's that's that common common thread and, and common ground. Um, and yeah, yeah, fellow runners just get it. They get the pursuit. Um, uh, so yeah. No, um, th- th- thanks so much, Hugh, for the chat. Um, um, I'm so appreciative of, of the time that you spent. Um, and and just like the the gold that you've provided um and just the insight um yeah and i'll, I'll keep listening to your podcast um yeah because I, I really enjoy it um and uh if there was other um you know runners you know interested to sort of hear more about your work um where can they find you um and uh also i just like it. yeah they like find it Collingwood Athletics track. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, uh, I think if you um, what's the best place to go to I mean our website theresilienceproject.com.au has got a whole heap of stuff up there I mean for me um, for my stuff personally I I think the podcast is a nice place to go to learn more um, about all this stuff Um, I mean I have a real issue with Instagram at the moment but Instagram 
address by name, Hugh Van Kylenberg, or type in the Resilience Project, one of them will one of them will pop up. I, I change the name from the Resilience Project back to Nine back to because depending on how I'm feeling, some days I'm like, no, I don't want it to be about me. It's just not. It's just Resilience Project. Other days, I feel more like, no, this is kind of my journey, I suppose. So I'll make it. And I keep, and then I'm like, no, I don't want anything to do with this. I want to get off Instagram forever. I fucking hate it. And other <laughs> days I'm like, no, I love it because I'm looking up. I mean, if you look at my, um, <laughs> you, won't be able, you, won't, you won't be able to see this. If I type search on Instagram, yeah. <laughs> uh, you won't be, I don't think you'll be able to see it through that. But if you look at that, it's just running. Like, you know, the search <laughs> reveals, it just reveals what you look at. Yeah. I said to my wife the other day, I said, I wonder, I'm just like, I'm just wondering for a 40-year-old male, I just, I'm proud of this just so you know that if you look up my search, there's not one female in like bikinis or anything. It's like... <laughs> All it is, all it is, is literally just, just like, it's just running. It's just running. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that's exactly, like, um, it's funny you say that because um, I've, I've, uh, one, one of the boys that I coach, um, Damien Clark, he, um, he does, uh, he helps sort of pump out um, the Instagram posts um, for um, our squad and, and, and this podcast. Um, and uh, he were, he, so he's got my login and he was, he was, um, on Instagram a few weeks ago and he's like, oh, I knew I was still logged into your account, Dane, because, um, yeah, all these running posts just kept popping up. Um, so it was exactly, <laughs> it was exactly the same um, on my end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I'll have to get onto your um, – I'll have to follow your training squad then. That, that sounds like another place I can get my running fix from. <laughs> Probably doesn't help your Instagram. <laughs> Um, very true. Yeah. yeah, very true. Very true. Oh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to chat to you. And, and um, seriously, like two twenty-two for a marathon. My God, that's unbelievable. Congratulations on that. And and uh, and good luck. Because uh, we say like, yeah, you know, we've got to accept it. it's not about the time, but good luck getting you know to that time again and breaking your PB. And um, yeah, I'm very excited for you with your journey. It's awesome. Well, you too, um, from a fellow runner. <laughs> Thanks, you. Cheers, mate. Thanks so much for having me. Cool. No, no worries. I'm not going to